Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. A little too fancy maybe, but he was trying to create some time and space. Now just the pass low to Theodore and he scores. And Shea Theodore with a game winner for the Vegas Golden Knights. Off Charlie Lindgren's pads and in. And the Golden Knights rally with a goal late in the third and a game winner in sudden death. Final score, three to two. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24 7. The Capitals get another point, but fall in overtime to Vegas. We'll hear from Peter Laviolette, Charlie Lindgren, and Marcus Johansson. And recap and analysis with Ben Raby as the team now heads to Detroit. Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, November 2nd. Welcome to Caps this morning here on Caps Radio 24-7, presented by Clear, the faster way into Capital One Arena. A good two periods for the Caps last night was not enough as the Vegas Golden Knights rallied to tie the game late in the third period and win it in overtime on a goal from Shea Theodore. Caps for the second straight night have to settle for just one point, this time in a 3-2 overtime defeat. For just the fourth time this season, the Capitals scored the game's first goal. It was a power play tally for Marcus Johansson, his third red light of the season, Caps up 1-0 until late in the first when Jack Eichel snapped a power play goal of his own, tying the game before intermission. Trevor Van Riemsdyk scored the only goal of the second period. It was his first of the season and his first in 42 regular season games. Washington had a lead after 40 minutes at 2-1. But in the third, the Capitals ran out of gas. William Carrier picked up his second goal of the season, beating Lindgren from the left circle to tie the game at 2 and then Shea Theodore in OT got the game winner just 135 in. Final score, Vegas 3 and the Capitals 2. After the game, Peter Laviolette pretty clear he didn't like his team's finish. I didn't like the way we played the third period. I understand the circumstances. I understand the situation, but that doesn't mean you have to like the way we played the third. I thought that we sat back. We left too many holes. You know, we gave up a half a dozen chances. We didn't generate much. And so, therefore, we're playing defense and we run the risk of pucks coming at our net. And so I think there's things that we could have done better on that goal. But they had a couple looks where they, you know, got somebody to the middle of the ice or their fourth man to the middle of the ice. And it was just, I think, too many chances in the third period. Not enough press and too many chances against. The Caps were playing against a team last night that had won four straight, five of six, and eight of ten to start the new year. And also a team that was off Monday night while the Caps were playing into a shootout in Carolina. Caps gave it everything they had. Marcus Johansson, a goal in the first period, said the injuries, though, are starting to pile up. It's definitely hurting us a little bit. I mean, we're missing some some good key pieces to this team. Uh, but there's no excuse. We, we battle hard and we, we think we played two good games. But unfortunately, we couldn't come out with, with more than two points. Even in a losing effort, it was a terrific game for Charlie Lindgren. 27 saves on the night, but as he said afterward, it was frustrating not to get the two points for his team. Yeah, I think it's just it's extra frustrating just because I thought we played we played well enough to, to get the two points. 
you know, especially on the back end of a back-to-back against a really good team, we put ourselves in a really good spot, and uh, I think that's what stings the most is knowing that we were really close to getting to. Ben Raby joining us here this morning for the morning after of what is just an apocalyptic amount of injuries at this point, Ben. We'll have to find out, I guess, tomorrow morning at the morning skate in Detroit exactly the status of things. Don't think we're going to know ahead of time. Beck Malenstein, certainly a question mark. John Carlson is a question mark. I'd say even Garnet Hathaway is a question mark after what happened to him in the third period. A lot of the questioning in the room last night having to do with, have you ever seen anything like this? And I get that because now you have as many as eight guys that could potentially be out of the lineup if it goes the wrong way. And a cap's just trying to stay afloat right now. Yeah, I guess a small comparable would be at this time a year ago, the Capitals were banged up and shorthanded up front, especially there was even one game, I believe, where Alex Ovechkin was the only one of the top six who were available up front. But certainly as far as the here and now is concerned, man, oh man, is this a long list of injuries? And it seems it's it's almost every game now, considering what happened over the weekend in Nashville and then Last night, the Beck Malenstein leaving the game injured as well. So the injuries continuing to pile. Then on top of it, we find out the news of Connor Brown, the time frame six to eight months after he undergoes surgery. So yes, the injuries continuing to pile. That being said, the company line, we hear from every team whenever they're in a situation like this, it's the next man up mentality. And look, John, the capital showed themselves very well against Vegas, against Carolina, in that game against Nashville when they were down to uh, 11 forwards and five defensemen over the weekend in that game. It's easier said than done. It's hard to do, I would imagine, over a sustained amount of time, over as the sample size grows. And it's a tough itinerary here in the month of November, as we know, very condensed portion of the schedule. But uh, yeah, this is this is rarefied air as far as the volume of injuries and the roles that all these players play. Benny, every coach and every player is going to say next man up, but I'm sorry. At this point, you cannot lose what this team has lost and still have the realistic expectation of being able to move up the standings. You can't lose Tom Wilson and Nick Backstrom and TJ Oshie and John Carlson. I mean, all the way through, these are not just ordinary pieces. This is the core of your team that is missing here. It's not just, you know, Beck Malenstein only been around for maybe a week or so, but even he called a perfect fit just a week ago on the line that has produced the most for this team so far this season. And now his status in question. You have to say those things. I understand that. But the reality is that you have taken the core of this team and basically ripped it out since summertime and now into the regular season. Well, you're right. The one counter to that, I would say, is they've had very good goaltending. And sometimes this is where goaltending and coaching gets to elevate, gets more importance, if you want to say. And Darcy Kemper, Charlie Lindgren last night in the second half of back-to-backs, they've been playing very well. They've been keeping the team in the games. It's very difficult. And again, we're going to see as the schedule ramps up here and we see Edmonton, we see Pittsburgh, we see Tampa Bay for a home and home. We see Colorado coming up in the next few weeks. It's really, I can't emphasize enough, a very challenging month of November up ahead. But if you have your goaltenders, steal you a few games, keep you in games, give you the opportunity. If you come through on special teams, yes, I know it's easier said than done. To your point, these are such core pieces that they've lost, such valuable pieces to the lineup. But look, you got to play the games and 
when it comes to the 60 minutes, I imagine they'll be ready. They'll be amped up to go starting uh, tomorrow night against Detroit. Easier said than done, but you're going to need some unsung heroes. And I think especially you're going to be leaning on your goaltenders coming up here in the next few weeks. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the goaltenders, because I don't think you can say enough about the job that, first of all, Brian McClellan did. And look, it takes some pretty good guts to say, here are two guys that we grew up in the system, one of which was a first round pick and say, you know what? It's not good enough. And then you go out and you sign a guy, Darcy Kemper, to me, gave them the chance to win in Nashville, especially early when the Predators were bringing the house. He got them that standings point in Carolina. Charlie Lindgren deserved a better fate last night. He got the win, his first in that game in New Jersey, and certainly played well enough to win in Toronto. This team has gone from being scared that a soft and a leaker was going to come in at any point last season to now, I think that is the strength of this team. To your point, that the comfort that you have with two guys that have changed the entire face of the goaltending on this team, I think have been just terrific so far this season. They really have. It's hard to think of too many of those quote-unquote leaky goals. You know, they make the saves they're supposed to make. And then on top of it, they've served as the erasers and they've made some big saves at key moments in games as well. Tyler, preserve a lead, keep the Capitals in a game, give them the opportunity to ultimately win it late, perhaps. So they've both shown themselves very well. And really the past few games, John, I, I think coming into last night's game, they had gone three in a row where they had allowed two goals or fewer last night with the overtime winner a three goals against game. But the goaltending has been good. And for the most part, the defensive play has been very good. I know Peter Laviolette wasn't entirely pleased with the third period last night against Vegas, but for the most part, you're getting pretty good defensive play, and the goaltenders have been very steady behind them. It's a very good combination. And look, as we continue to talk with the injuries, you're going to have to simplify things. You're going to have to be sound defensively. You may not have the high-octane offense you normally do in these parts. I think they're going to have to grind it out quite a bit, and they're going to rely on the goaltending, which has been very good and the sound defensive play will have to continue as well. Let's talk a little bit about the forwards specifically, and if you need somebody. We were talking even before the game last night. Connor McMichael ends up being a healthy scratch after skating less than seven minutes. We have said on this show before, Connor has to play, and if it's not going to be here, it probably needs to be in Hershey. I feel like that might have gotten thrown out the window a little bit in the middle of the game last night because you're looking at the potential of two guys, Malenstein and who knows, maybe even Hathaway, who may be questionable for the game in Detroit tomorrow. You also have Sonny Milano sitting in Hershey, a guy who is a double-digit scorer just last year with Anaheim. Sometimes there may be some defensive issues with his game, but if you're looking for goals in the absence of others, this is why this team went out and got Milano. I'm starting to wonder if we're not going to see him pretty soon as well. And I think McMichael, at least for now, even if he might have been ticketed for Hershey, and I don't know that, but I mean, when you play as little as you do when you get healthy scratched, and now it's been almost a month, you got to be thinking at least it's a possibility. Maybe not now, because you're probably going to need McMichael in the lineup against the Red Wings if somebody else can't go. Potentially, I think the, the option you might have if you start moving the domino pieces, the chess pieces here, is if you want to bring up Sonny Milano, and you could put him in the top six. You could put him in the position that Snively was in last night, that second-line wing position, and you could potentially put Snively on the shutdown line with Dowd and Hathaway. We saw that trio in the preseason, and Joe Snively could potentially complement Dowd and Hathaway. It seems, by the way, whoever plays with Dowd and Hathaway 
You play with those two. It's like the get well line, right? You play with those two and it's easy to fit in and they simplify the game and it's good for whoever is playing alongside. You could do that. You could put Snively there and then you could put Sonny Milano in in the top six role on the right side, potentially in that spot that we see Snively in last night. And then you could potentially reassign Connor McMichael to Hershey, get him playing time, get him playing down the middle at the center position and get the game reps, get the minutes up, use them in important roles, power play as one would suspect he would do in Hershey. So that's a possibility. Don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but I think that's a way you could get Milano in and at the same time get McMichael playing time and at the same time still have a complimentary piece on that shutdown line if you so choose to move Snively in that role. Yeah, I mean, the hard facts are the case here. Connor McMichael has just over 15 minutes of ice time this entire season. It's spread out over two games. And it's tough to develop that way. So we'll see how it goes moving forward. Last one here for you, Benny, this morning. This is a fun one. Not fun that Alex Ovechkin didn't have a goal last night, but fun that he's going to Detroit. One back of Gordie Howe, who holds the NHL record for most goals with one team in NHL history. If Ovi could find a way to get two against the Wings, he could tie and pass Gordie Howe and set the new NHL record and do it in the city that Gordie made famous. That would be something. You know what it reminds me of years ago, John? He did that in Montreal. I think he passed Maurice Richard on the all-time goal-scoring list at the Bell Center. And he's a hockey historian, a memorabilia collector, Alex Ovechkin. He knows the names. He knows the legends. He's met a good chunk of them over the years at All-Star Games, etc. I think he would appreciate that significance as well. So we'll see if it comes up. I do think it's a great record, a great milestone, especially in this day and age of free agency and so much movement between players from team to team. We've been fortunate, as we've chronicled, to have had Ovechkin in these parts for the duration of his career, and this would be a nice feather in the cap to have that milestone specifically. Most goals with one franchise, very neat milestone upcoming, and yes, would be fitting perhaps to do it in a building where, what, a statue of Gordie Howe rests outside. It's Capitals and the Detroit Red Wings tomorrow night at 7, airtime at 645 on 106.7 The Fan and Caps Radio 24-7. Ben, have yourself a Wednesday, will you? Happy Wednesday, John. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Cap! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.